This episode of The Real Roundtable, we discuss my favorite Western of all time, Sam Peckinpah's The Wild Bunch. Now let's see if Brody and Chris are sold out as well. Welcome to The Real Roundtable. Christopher, roll tape. The Real Roundtable. I could turn you into shredded meat in about uh, three seconds with this baby if I wanted to. We're locked into the moon's gravitational pull. What do we do? We die. I don't kill men without good reason. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick! Welcome to the Real Roundtable. <laughs> I just did the, I did that to throw you off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's neat. That's very different. Okay. <laughs> yeah, t- uh, this episode of the Real Roundtable, we're very excited. Um, we're talking about my favorite Western of all time, which is the Wild Bunch. Chris, of course, had never seen this. Had you heard of this before? Uh, no, never before. You mentioning it. Brody as well joins us. Brody, had you ever heard of this before? Oh, just you raving about it. Brody hates Westerns. And so this was a very interesting take because I was, I've been, since we've been doing the podcast, I've actually before when I was thinking about it, this was one of the movies I wanted to bring and just talk about it. Really, honestly, one of the big reasons is I just want to talk about this movie. Like I always want to talk about this to people because most people have not seen it. And so I'm always excited when people see it and I can talk and just like I have a conversation with them. So I was uh, very pumped to be able to bring this. And so uh, tonight that's what we're going to do. Of course, Brody, and hopefully we'll get into a little why you don't like Westerns, Brody. I'm kind of curious about why you don't They're like They're not Westerns. good. <laughs> it kind of puts a whole genre out. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. Maybe it's growing up around Westerns constantly. Okay. Cowboy boots. I mean, I was in Texas, and it was everywhere. Uh, well, that makes sense. Well, I, I guess Western hats and everything. Were a lot of people uh, watching Western shows or movies? I mean, I wasn't. I, wasn't. I, didn't, I didn't know if your parents watched them. Like, <laughs> my, I mean, grew up, my dad was always watching Westerns when they were on, so I just... Dad watched some. Yeah, my dad watched some. In fact, uh, I called him today. He was... I called <laughs> and literally checking in on him. He was in the middle of watching a Western. I was like, why are you watching that? You know, what do you, we moved. We don't have to watch that stuff anymore. <laughs> you know, Westerns are not only Texas. Like, there's people that like Westerns all over. So I have to go to Canada? I'm not doing it. <laughs> The whole ep- the whole show right now about westerns called Yellowstone, which takes place in where is it Montana? I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard it's good. It I like Yellowstone. Where's Yellowstone at? Is it Yellowstone? Wyoming. Wyoming. That's yeah, it. that's it. Okay. No, I've heard it's good too. How many people are in Wyoming? It's like I don't 75? know. Yellowstone is coming apart right now. Is it really? Y'all haven't seen that? They the whole park is shut down. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, the flooding is like destroyed the roads completely. They're gonna have to like rebuild. Well, them. people shouldn't be in there anyway. Everybody, it should be wild. 
Okay. Well, I don't know how this will hold up later when people are hearing about Yellowstone. But <laughs> <laughs> so you can tell time frame when, when when we were doing this podcast. I can't because I don't watch news or do social media. But I like I like this. the show. Are you a Western fan though, Chris? No, no. How would you no. know? How would I know? Yeah, this is the only one you've seen, right? Well, that's because when I start to see them, I turn away. <laughs> I grew up watching them foreboding, <laughs> but my dad he liked both kinds, and so you know, and I, and I consider them two kinds of westerns. Back you had the uh, you had the John Wayne kind of westerns, um, the TV show westerns like Gunsmoke, all those kind of westerns, and then you had the other side, which is the spaghetti westerns, like Good and the Bad, the Ugly, Fistful of Dollars for a few dollars more, um, Italiano. I can tolerate yeah. modern westerns, westerns like Three Ten to Yuma and things like that. See, I feel like Three Ten to Yuma has got a very good feel, like this movie does, when it really mm-hmm. comes down to it. And so, and I love Three Ten to Yuma, but there's an old one too. Have you seen the old one? I have not. Okay, so there's an old one as well. And I feel like it's just as good. I mean, it's a really, really good movie. So, and I like westerns. I don't like all westerns. I'm not. A, I've never been a huge John Wayne fan. No, it's not against John Wayne. I just those westerns all have the same feel. It's like the same movie every time to me. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably well, this movie Wayne. broke that. It did. It Whoa. changed. It changed everything. Again, at the front, we just we told you it was Sam Peckinpah who directed this. Sam Peckinpah was a young guy when he died. He's only fifty nine when he died. He made just a few movies, but he started out with one of his first movies, and I think this is important as we talk about this. In nineteen sixty two, he made a movie called Ride the High Country, and uh, Ride the High Country. If you've never seen it, it's it's got uh, Randolph Scott and I think it's Joel McCree. And the fascinating part of that is after both of those guys made that movie. They retired. Okay. They, they were like, we can never do anything better than this. And they walked away. And I've seen Ride the High Country. It's a really good Western. Like, And you can see that. And it feels a little bit different than John Wayne Westerns and everything with uh, kind of the anti-heroes that are in it, but you right. like them. And even though Joe McCree's a good guy in that, Randolph Scott plays sort of a, a, a bad guy, but not a full bad guy. And so he's got good parts and bad parts. And so when you see that, you're like, okay, I can see where he's going to go. Peck and Paul does, then does Major Dundee in 1965. So he does these two westerns in a row, and then everybody's like wanting to work with Sam Peckinpah. And he's supposed to be a hard director work. And that's when he releases He's pretty just, raw from what I hear. He's very raw. Yeah, drinks constantly. Yeah, anger issues. Yes, yes. One of the things I watched was how many, like he would just fire people like crazy yeah. reasons. Uh, the one I, I watched this one video, and it was telling this one guy was a stuntman. And he said the, the rule with working with Sam Peckinpah is don't become one of his favorites. Don't go hang out with him be a buddy. Just do your job and do it well. And he goes, I was in a ton of his movies. And he said, but I did go, grow close enough, not that I was ever buddies with him, close enough for him to ask him a question. So he asked him this question. Peckinpah goes, so what did you think of The Wild Bunch? And, what did you, and he goes, oh, I've never seen any of our movies that we've made together. And so Peckinpah <laughs> rented out a theater just for him to watch The Wild Bunch. I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Peck and Paul makes this movie, and and I'll, I'll give a couple, uh, a couple, I guess. So uh, what is it? Disclaimers about this. Yeah. It is an R-rated movie. Um, there's a little bit of nudity in it. I'd forgotten about that. And uh, there's a lot of action, and by action I mean there's a lot of killing in this movie. It is. Probably it really the, broke the mold for this sort of wholesome uh, western that America had always known. Well, and and explain that a little bit. Well, I mean. You know, if it's just a hero and the bad guys, if it's just the, you know, the sheriff and the bandits, you know, right? that's that's all it really has been up to this point to boil it down simply. And the raw violence of the West was really revealed in the movie, this movie, and the complex characters that are developed are, you know, they're not these one-dimensional good guys or one-dimensional bad guys. They all have 
conflicts and it's just it's a whole lot more well developed and people weren't really used to that i mean and there's a lot more in the movie too there's lots more blood and nudity all of that just was really not something you would go and see but i know i know before it was it was more of a one shot one kill kind of western and now no blood yeah i mean it was pow and the bad guy falls down the reality of, of getting shot with a bullet wasn't really shown before this. Well, we're, I don't want to jump too much in. The, we're, we're going to talk about the movie, I promise. But one of the but one part of the movie is that there, there's a, a scene really, really quick in the movie where one of the one of the wild bunch has been shot in the face, yeah. and clearly he's not going to make it. And one of our characters just shoots him in the head because he's not going to make it anyway. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, well, that's I don't remember that in any of the other westerns or, that they would have shown during that time. Um, which brings us to another point, you know, who is the good guy in this movie? Is there a good guy in this movie? The gold, <laughs> the gold. <laughs> there's no good guy in this. I don't think there is a good guy. I think there's different levels of bad in this movie. I think it's more realistic in that way. I mean, it, it's really hard these days to define a good guy, I guess in the wild and every yeah. day, because I mean, everybody has varying degrees of both. Yeah. And I it's kind of like that. Peck and Paw, I think, was going. I mean, he, he knows that. He's going for that. And he's gunning for just the raw humanity and good and evil inside everybody. You know, he's just. I think that's part, part of, it. of it. And and the other thing we'll talk about, hopefully we'll talk about This could be in, be in a long one. But hopefully one of the things we'll also talk about is ageism. What does it look like when you're middle-aged or later in your life and you're looking at, okay, what, what have I accomplished? What do I want to accomplish still? And cause I think that's what part of this movie is about as well as these guys, are they, they're getting near the end. And so I want to go ahead and get the synopsis of this movie just to kind of explain everything. Cause before you get me depressed about being middle-aged and having done <laughs> well, nothing there's two of us life. in here, there's two of us in the room that are middle-aged. And so, so and having no. done nothing with my life. So, which I also wanted to bring up another movie too. Sad. So, so let me let me jump in this. We'll talk about a bunch of different. We've had a lot of things that I think cover as we talk about this. So here's here's the movie. The Wild Bunch is a bunch of gang members, and uh, and this takes place in 1913. They're called the Wild Bunch. There's probably I don't know nine or ten of them. They go in to rob a bank. I'm not sure if it was a bank or it was a like a. It was a train shipment of train shipment. Okay, so that's where yeah. So they were the ones that collected money. So that's that. So they go in to rob that. Um, half of them are in uniform as military, looking like they're the military. The other half are already scoped into town, kind of hidden out, just watching out, make sure nobody comes in. They're ready to to protect, defend, and uh, there's oh, the, it was the railroad's load of silver. That's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so yeah. Uh, so they're that's what they're trying to steal. And meanwhile, the railroad has hired a bunch of guns. They've hired an, an ex member of the gang, a character named Thornton. And so Thornton is there with his guys ready to ambush. That's a setup. And that's the setup. The whole thing has been a setup. They don't realize the, the wild bunch doesn't realize this. The railroad set it up, <clears throat> but the railroad has got the men. They've got a ton of men ready just to ambush them. Well, <clears throat> uh, the wild bunch, they figured out they're able to escape. The main ones are able to escape the ones that are worth the most money the ones that probably been the gang the longest, the rest all get killed. I mean, they just get wiped out and, and pretty graphic, bloody shot, all these kind of things, usually two or three years. Are we going to come back to some of this? Yeah, we'll come back, okay. but I just want to say, and so, so that's the story. And so they get out of town. Um, turns out they were, they, they, the railroad tricked them. 
So it turned out it was not. They, they had put it in, in some kind of washers, and so they didn't get any money. So now the Wild Bunch is being chased, but they also don't have any money, so they got to go over to Mexico. They get to Mexico. They, they meet a general. The general gives them a mission. If they go and steal all these guns, he'll pay them very heavily for them, but he's got to steal them from the Americans. He doesn't want to cause he's a war like with the Americans. He's like a warlord, though. He's- yeah, well, it, was, it, it reminded me of Mexico – um, when they had so many people that considered themselves the president, you know, and oh, so yeah. all these bad, you know, just depend on what region you are that the war is going on. And so they go and they go rob from a train. Oh, by the way, I guess we better tell you this. We're going to give you spoilers, but yeah, we're going to ruin a, this, this is a 1969 movie. So if you've not seen this, it's on you. Like it's, it's not, I think that's okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I think anything over five years, you're probably going to hear spoilers. But wait a minute. These are supposed to be like hidden movies though. Uh, it not this one. This, I don't know if this one's a hidden <laughs> it movie. It doesn't matter. Our 2021 film we did the other day. Yeah. yeah we we gonna, ruined it. We ruined that. So we'll ruin the film for you. Uh, so anyway, he goes, uh, they, they, they robbed the, the train. They do, they're successful. They go through a little bit of problems getting the stuff back, but they're really smart. They know that the the warlord will steal from them, so they come up with a very creative way. So they go take the guns back. I mean, sorry, they go take the guns and trade them out for money. A couple things happen, and then there's a shootout at the end. Okay, and so as we talk about, we'll probably talk about all those things, especially the shootout at the end. But that's the synopsis. I don't think I'm missing too much with just being kind of vague on that. They're being chased the whole time by Thornton and his crew just relentlessly pursued. So they're always trapped between right. a rock and a hard place yeah. everywhere they go constantly. And the main guys are just calm as can be. I mean, they're just nothing phases them They're Well, I mean, they've been through so many robberies yeah. and killings and everything. They just, which, and, and this is what, this is what makes this movie. I think one of the interesting choices for movies and one, probably one of the most powerful movies is I don't think they could have picked I think the actors they got were the right actors for this. Uh, you guys might disagree, but I think that the, they got a bunch of star actors. I mean, the, the the main guy is William Holden. He plays Pike. I mean, clearly he looks like the leader of the gang. He's got leg problems. He's older. One of the things is they act like they're all these old things, and now I'm you know I'm in my mid forties. This don't seem that far away now. <laughs> uh, but you know, William Holden was age around fifty one, fifty when he made this movie. Ernest Borgnine plays Dutch. He's the right hand man. He was about 52 when he played this. Actually, I had some kind of leg injury. I think he had a broken foot, something I read as, as he was making this movie. They said you can actually see the cast in a couple of things if you're looking close, but I don't know. I didn't know that. Robert Ryan, he's the oldest. He plays Thornton. He's the one after him. He was part of the gang. Sykes is Edmund O'Brien, which is pretty funny because he was 54, and he looks like he's 75 in this movie. Which one is Sykes? He's, I the, had old, trouble. he's the old man. Oh, the one that never went to the... Yeah, he never goes in the missions. And, okay. Yeah, so. yeah. You know, to go back to Robert Ryan, he was kind of a decent name when they made this. You oh, know? he was good. Yeah. yeah. But he complained so much to oh, yeah. Paul about not having top billing that everybody else got a freeze frame of them when their names came up. They had a freeze frame of horses rear ends when they put his name up in the yeah, opening yeah. credits. Well, opening credits, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the way yes. they kind of punish him because Peckinpah was sick of hearing it. Yeah, because they do all of that when they're walking down the street. They keep pausing as they're, they're coming down the street in that very first opening scene. And so, yes, Robert Ryan, when his name pops up, it's the rear of one of the horses. That is so in your yes, face, too. Yes, yeah. That's not even right. subtle. So, And I think they got into it. And I th- What I read about it was Peckinpah kept being such a jerk to Ryan or Ryan kept either way they were getting kind of feisty with each other and then somebody whispered to Peck and Paul's like Ryan's a pretty good fighter like he's really good and that kind of calmed down Peck and Paul and so I don't know if that's true or not but I thought that was a pretty interesting fact those uh, three William Holden 
how do you say Ernest's last name? Borgnon. Borgnon. Yeah. It sounds like an alien name. William Holden, Ernest Borgnon, and Robert Ryan, I think they really killed it in their performances. Well, these are Oscar winners. I mean, you got William yeah. Holden. They really I don't. I don't know if Robert Ryan won an Oscar, but Ernest Borgnon won it for Marty. And he's been in a ton of stuff. He was in like 200 things. Even if you watch SpongeBob SquarePants, he's in that. I mean, his. What? Yes, yes, yes. The, the two superheroes, the retired superheroes. Yeah. He's one of those, the retired superheroes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so, but he was, yeah, he's one of my. Ernest Borgnine, this is going to sound weird to y'all. He's one of my top three favorite actors of all time. I've loved him in so many things. I think he's wonderful. Uh, there's a university that's not too far from us that has all his scripts. He donated all his scripts to that school. And so they sometimes they'll put it on on display and so you can you can't open to, to hold them but you can go look at all those scripts the wild bunch is one of those wow and i saw that one time it was really really cool so being able to see that then you got sykes is edmund o'brien we talked about him I, I he's old he did a ton of stuff the only thing i'd seen him in was man who shot liberty balance and so I, there's probably some other things i want to go back the brothers though lyle gorch and tector gorch are played by warren oates and ben johnson i know you said the other ones are good i think the best performance in this movie who just does a phenomenal job every time he like he just owns his his time is Warren Oates playing the uh, the young brother just because he's so wild and just just loves life and just has a good time like you know some of the times those guys are on screen it's just that you smile and you grin he has probably one of the best scenes in the movie when they pass the whiskey bottle around and he doesn't get any like right. that's one of my favorite scenes in the movie uh, and then a, a few other people Jamie Sanchez Strother Martin. LQ Jones and Bo Hopkins, uh, they're all in it. Mapachi is played by Emilio Fernandez. Apparently that was some famous actor, director from Mexico. And so when he plays that, he's the one that's the the warlord. But I think he does a phenomenal job, except for I was trying to look. I think there's only one scene where he's not drunk or suffering from a hangover in that whole movie. I mean, do you remember? Any, no. Yeah, yeah, he's always drunk or suffering, you know. So. Holding a bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or a machine gun and or, a bottle. Yeah. And then the last one is uh, Reverend Wayne's coach played by Dub Taylor. He plays the uh, the minister in town. And so you see him. And I was like, oh, I recognize him. I've seen him in a few, quite a few things. And so so anyway, that's the actors. Uh, so let's just jump into it. Guys, opening scene. What do you think about the opening scene when uh, when they come into town? Like, what were you expecting? Because I'm guessing y'all, y'all usually don't watch the previews, so you have no idea what's going on. And so... When they come into town, I'm just curious what y'all thought. I, I did watch the previews, but it didn't. I mean, it doesn't make a difference for the opening scene. It's, I didn't like the thematic element of the stop on the credits, you know, where everything would quit moving and then start moving and then quit moving. I didn't like it. it did the music do it as well? It seemed like everything kind of stopped. Yeah, it, 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 it felt started. awkward to me. But moving to the story part of it, you know, when they come in. I, w- I was confused. I was trying to figure out what was going on. I was trying to sort out, like, I thought the people on the roof were, like, bad guys, and I, it didn't make sense to me at first. That's awesome. Okay, yeah, because you don't know, then, yeah, that makes sense and everything. Those so, poor scorpions. Yeah, those the, the kids in this movie are very, uh, they're brutal. No, well. they put that in there because. What was it, scorpions and ants? Yeah, yeah because they were having a fight one of them used them to off. do that. Growing up as a kid, they would do that to scorpions. They'd put them in. One of uh, us? No, one of the, uh, let me see. Um, oh, one of the actors. Yeah, one of the, Emilio Fernandez. That's what him and his friends used uh, to do when they were uh, children. Uh, yeah. Of course, he grew up legit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. he was sentenced to 20 years for part of the revolution. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was born in the 1880s or something like that. So, yeah. yeah but he I'm was, sure Peckinpah took, like, you know, his words, his stories, oh, yeah. and, like, said, well, this is the area, you know. 
Well, and they were and they filmed the it down in Mexico. If I remember, they filmed it in Mexico. Because I don't even know where they filmed it. Pretty sure they filmed Parts it in Mexico. It, yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think one of the generals portrayed Madero in the movie. They filmed a lot of it in his birth home, birth town. Oh, that's cool. Very, very cool. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. So you like the opening scene with them stealing the stuff? Yeah, I liked it because I was, you know, it's one of those scenes where you're trying to sort out who's what and and none of it's really making sense until until it becomes very clear. Yeah, which side's <laughs> who's, which who's what? And that's part of it though. The guys up on top of the roof, the guys that work for the railroad, it's not like they have any decency either, except for Thornton. Well, and Pike's crew is in uniform. Yeah, not and all so, of them, but most of them. You're right, but it makes you think that they're like soldiers, official yeah. soldiers, and so you you have this innate trust already when you start the scene of them, and so you think that the guys that aren't in uniform are like scoping them out yeah. from the rooftop, and you're like, what's about to happen? And so I thought it was the other way around. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I, I, yeah. I, and I hadn't, that's one of the things I hadn't seen. Cause I saw this when, uh, I think it was 19, a buddy of mine named Brian, he recommended, he said, man, you need to see the wild bunch. And, uh, and this is one of those films that changed my mindset on films. Like it really did. I was like, Oh, cause I like Westerns, but it was just so different to me. Cause you're like, Oh, and it, it was that line that comes in there. Cause one of the most famous lines of all movies is right in that scene. When he talks to a crazy lady and he's like, if anybody moves, kill him. You know, which one of the things I love about William Holden's character in this is constantly Pike says as few words as possible. He's going to say the right amount of words and no more every time. And so, you know, kill him. And so, and Crazy Lee is insane. Like, I thought that was one of the best characters because he is just nuts. And uh, is that the boy that stays? Yeah. Yeah. He just stays there and then uh, uh, ends up singing, Shall We Gather at the River? (laughs) Yeah. And so, come on, let's sing Shall We Gather at the River. Which, a neat thing about the guy that plays the minister in this, uh, Reverend Winko, Dub Taylor. Dub Taylor stayed, like, I saw a video and it was talking about, it was Bo Hopkins who played, played Crazy Lee. And he was talking about Dub Taylor. And he's like, Dub Taylor stayed all night because I didn't know the words to that song. And he made sure I knew I understood that. So I sang that and looked like I knew those words. I'd heard them tons of times. And so, yeah, he sings that. Uh, he's a. He, he, they, the, the wild bunch forgets about him, right? I mean, they've just left him. They left him for they, dead. They totally accidentally. I don't. Did, was well, it, I don't think it was an accident. I think. Well, I don't think with Pike it was an accident. I think that with the rest of the crew, they didn't notice. So why did they leave him? What do you think? What's your reason? Because he was crazy. I don't know. I I had forgotten about him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it didn't come back until it was brought up later. And it's like five minutes. It was a long time. Yeah. And. Who was it that comes up to Pike? I don't know his name. Uh, Sykes is the one that turns out to be his uh, granddad. Okay, it was Sykes. So Sykes, yeah, he, he comes up on him and he's like, "How did my How did my boy do?" Yeah. And uh, and Pike had already left him for dead, yeah, yeah. abandoned him, which I didn't understand because a lot of their talk in the in the movie is this concept of loyalty. What's the code? Yeah, yeah. This, this, this code you don't certain things you just don't do, and so leaving a guy behind. The, Right. I just didn't understand that because he seemed to violate it without much thought. You know, it mattered to him once he realized that it was the grandson of someone he cared about. But if it had been a normal recruit, that guy didn't have, he didn't, he wasn't yeah. taking care of him. Well, and, and uh, well, by the time I finished the movie, and again, I, I was analyzing a lot more this time. I don't think the, the, of the two brothers, Lyle Gorch, is much crazier. I mean, I don't think he's less. I, I think they're about the same crazy. 
You know what I mean? I think they're very close. Lyle might be a little bit more sense, but he acts just as crazy, right? I mean, am I wrong on that? I mean, he seems to be nearly insane as well with some of the things that he does. I mean, he'll just... As insane as the other brother? Is that what you mean? No, as insane as Crazy Lee. Oh, as Crazy Lee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I would say he's as insane, but he's as reckless. Yeah, no, you know. yeah. So, I don't know. That's the only thing that you I think you can fault holding on or his care, Pike on. He's probably holding a lot because he's criminal. He felt like he was a liability. Yeah, I think that was it. And so, he was dragging he, weight around. He was like, hey, time to kill him now? You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, he, He's a bit much for even for them. Well, and that, look, I think I think Brody's right. I mean, that's exa- that's probably that's that's the thing because he doesn't kill for no reason. Yeah, he saw and it, the Dutch doesn't kill mm-hmm. for no reason. I don't think uh, the Gorch brother, none of them do. But he, yeah, you're, I think you hit it right. I, that makes sense. Okay, so yeah, I think Brody's right. That's yeah. That, okay, okay, there we go. Yeah, because I'm just trying to figure out. I mean, I, it, I probably let that guy behind too because you're like, okay, he is a crazy lot. He just wants to kill people. Yeah, he's just like, oh, what I got to do now, you know? So yeah, okay. So, but anyway, yeah, that, that, that open seems pretty powerful. They have, uh, of course, they every horse, every movie that involves horses, that's action. Somebody's going to fall off their horse, be drugged. This movie is not ASPCA approved. This yeah. is, <laughs> there were he, he animals said, injured in the making of this. Yes. There's no way you can convince me otherwise. No. Peter I did not. Mad. I did not look up that to see if any animals were hurt and everything. Uh, I got I'm, a feeling that scorpion had to be dead, but I'm not too wrong. <laughs> mm. So, especially the scorpion fighting the ants. But, I mean, some of those horses took some hard falls. They do, yes. Like off the bridge? Oh, (laughs) yeah, straight (laughs) off of an explosion in a bridge. Okay, God, there's so much to talk about on this movie. Because there's (laughs) there's so much action that happens on this movie, you know, and so that, that... See, I liked. I, I got to look at it, the behind the scenes stuff more. There's I a found lot of more stuff. interest. But I mean, even in the opening scene when they're doing the uh, the train office robbery at the very beginning, the lady in there is an actual teacher, but couldn't give the reaction they wanted. So Peck and Paul told a uh, crazy Lee um, Bo Bo Hopkins. Bo Hopkins told him. Lick her ear. (laughs) (laughs) And so he did, and it worked, you know, that kind of stuff. I've seen him in other movies, and he he is so good at playing that crazy guy. Like, that's that's just who he is. He can do that and everything. But they did so much. Like, Peck and Paul made the Wild Bunch, like a lot of them play those parts even when they weren't. Like, one of the – I can't remember which one. You're saying they stay in character. Yeah, well, they ah, – I can't remember which one. I have to look it up. But like he made one of them – When the cameras were off? Or? When the cameras were off. There was – one time they made a guy stay in full costume for 10 days when he didn't have a single scene to shoot. <laughs> and it got so bad that all of them were threatening to whoop Sam Peckinpah. Like, they were all – like, they were going to fist fight. And it wasn't until – what's that? Borden Nine? I can't ever say his name, but um, – Borgnine. 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 Yeah, Borgnine. <laughs> when old Ernest went up to defend him and was getting mad that he realized that they had be- come together and be- they were starting to act like the wild bunch, you know, yeah. but it had gotten so bad. Uh, I'm going to have to look that up now. But they said that, I mean, it was affecting the actors breathing and everything, all the dust and being in that gear and. One of the one of the documentaries I watched, it, it, one of the guys, he was a stunt that stuntman I was telling you about. He said he 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 got fired, like they were going to fire him, and uh, and he was like, I don't care, I'm I'm done with this anyway. And Peckinball heard him, and what he was upset with is he would have to put on these beards because he was always having to play the different characters. He played the guy, you know, when they're on the train and they're uh, the two guys at the very front, mm-hmm. yeah. and one, they both get shot because they go for their guns. He played one of those, so he had to jump off the train. 
And so he had to be in costume with these beards or mustache and for it'd be for three days. And then they'd be like, okay, we need you now. And so then they'd have to go over there and then they'd set up for the shot. And and he found out it only took him 10 minutes to put that stuff on. So he's like, I'm not going to have the makeup on. I'm just not, I'm going to sit over here, hang out and then I'll get it on. And Peckinpah got so mad at him because he wasn't ready. He was like, fire him. And Peck, and that guy got in his face or something. And I was like, you don't have to fire me. I'll quit. I'm not going to do this. And, uh, and, and Peckinpah's like, oh, I like this guy. Like, and so he kept him on and ended up doing a ton of movies with him, including letting him watch The Wild Bunch later. So, and ironically, the train scene itself was not in the original script. I did not realize They that. added that and it was all improv. Are you serious? Yeah. There, there's a part of that that I was very confused on. I was like, why didn't they bring the uh, the other brother? You know, they bring one. They bring uh, they bring Lyle Gorch. They don't bring Tector Gorch, which well, is where does Ben he Johnson. Go? He stays with the old man. For and him. I thought he was going to yeah. stay with the old man, like, and he was going to have the cat. The, they were both on the wagon ready for it to go. But no, there's no – he's just – he's there. They unload, and then they go. I was like, why didn't you put him in that? Like, I was just real surprised. There might be something to it. And here's the reason I was really – this. it made me wonder about this was because – I would figure you would take him over Dutch because moving around that train, you probably want your lightest guys. And they t- put Dutch and Dutch ends up getting stuck between that train that holding on for dear life. Oh yeah. And, uh, and so it's a cool scene, but it was like, why didn't they have that? was pretty guy? cool for 1960 cinema, by the way. It was that train, was. the and train it, scene. It was a good robbery, again, right? Wasn't in the script and it was all shot in one day. The whole thing, every part of that. Yeah. Gosh, that's so good. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, yeah, because it's a really cool scene. If we when they get to this part where they're robbing this train, I guess we're just jumping over and that's fine. But they, they're robbing this train and, and just the if you've seen Oceans Eleven, Oceans Twelve, or Oceans Thirteen, Oceans Eleven, I feel like it's a good movie. Oceans Twelve and Thirteen, I felt like were kind of boring and bland. And and they had this one train scene where they rob a train. And I was like, that's probably more better, well done, and, and more thought out than Oceans Twelve. So if they came up with that planet and did it in a day, that's unbelievable. You know what I mean? So instead of a movie that had who knows how much millions behind it was just boring as can be. So that's my opinion. You might like yeah. it. And I looked it up. Robert Ryan is the one that they said that the director made him spend 10 days in costume and makeup without filming any scenes or allowing him a few days off to campaign for Senator Robert Kennedy. Uh, and then that's when Bornine almost promised to beat the yeah. out of Peck and Pop. The director didn't allow him some relief from the throat clogging dust that was affecting the actor's breathing and that's so borgnine was talking about borgnine he wasn't talking about robert ryan borgnine's talking about borgnine borgnine was upset because he couldn't breathe after that borgnine was saying that he was mad at peck and paul yes for not letting robert ryan oh i thought he was talking breathe. about not letting borgnine breathe have to wear that stuff over and over again oh i don't know he was teaming up yeah but uh, yeah they were yeah you're having mutiny on your hand no matter what so yeah it's either way so tough set to work on but he really, I mean, he was trying to, he knew what he wanted out of it. And he was, some people are so passionate, especially people that are like creative and unhinged at the same time. Yeah. You know, they're like that. It's difficult to to work with them to get to the final product. Well, he also came up with that final walk. Yeah, that was, scene. that was that not was, scripted. Like he came on set, the AD would already set up the, 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 set up the shot. And he's like, hey, we're going to have him walk. And so I need to, and so as he was walking, as they kept doing it, they kept saying, "Okay, put these guys here, move these these Latinos over here, move these over here, and oh, these these guys need to play music. Let them do it." And so he came up with all that. And I I would assume they did that in a day as well. But yeah, that you know, so he came up with that. And honestly, like I, I think of some of the best posters I've ever seen. That's one of my favorite posters is the four of them standing there as they're walking, 
you know, yeah. more than likely to their death. And, and so, but there was so much attention paid to some of the details and there was so much that was changed or improvised. I mean, even the gunshots, you know, up till now they use the same gunshot. Yeah audio for everything and he was insistent on changing that so different guns had different sound and at one point he got mad and grabbed a gun and fired it into a wall and said i want it to sound like that like a real gun he just shot yeah, up the wall. yeah this that story is actually pretty good because i mean yeah. when warner brothers had sent them stock gun sounds to use mm, yeah and he hated it he hated it and then he went and, he, and they recorded individual sounds after that after that flare-up where he took a gun and he shot real bullets into a wall which i guess back then they kept real bullets on set not blanks but anyway he shot real bullets into a wall and then and then he he and his guys went and recorded every caliber of of gun that was used and then matched it in the in the movie to the real i don't know if they were called armorers back then but one of the things i saw as well was the armorer who was supposed to bring all the bullets down there one for the the had had a, a ton of bullets and somebody was looking at it and said, man, you need more bullets than that. He goes, I've worked on movies before. This will be fine. They ran out in three days. And <laughs> Peck and Paul fired him. Like, you're gone. Get somebody else. And so, yeah, just that, yeah, you better know your stuff. You can work with Peck and Paul. And it sounds like he was a very – and it, it, they did say he would brag on people if he thought they had their, done their job. Like, he would go, okay, that was the right set, that right. But he wouldn't – but if somebody missed something, some, they filmed like two months before, like a dish had seven pieces of fruit on it. And then they were showing the close-up now and filming that, and it had three pieces of fruit on it. Like that infuriated. He wanted – which I like because that does that's, – that's really helping out yeah. people uh, to keep that suspension of disbelief as you watch a movie that you don't get yeah. taken out. And I don't say most of it. I always think of the Napoleon Dynamite is probably one of the best examples is there's a scene in Napoleon Dynamite where he's eating nachos, and I think they did it on purpose. And every time they show back, the nachos have grown, and they just keep getting bigger and bigger, and it's a funny scene. Because you know that I did not. I've oh, never yeah, noticed yeah, yeah, that. Yeah. So if you ever watch that, so but uh, he fired I, a total of twenty-two cast members during the making golly. of this movie. And just cast members. Cast members. Okay, that's not even support. Yeah, that's not the, the other people. Wow, good gosh. So I do think one of the things, that, and we talked about it, is Crazy Lee, but that was but that was his first role. That, that oh, he okay. was talking about that was his very first movie to do. So I was like, well, let's leave. Now I didn't look that up. I should have looked it up, but. Bo Hopkins said it was his first. So. Was this movie a success? Yeah, uh, it was hated. No, a financial success. I couldn't really find no. the real numbers on that. Like, I, I don't because mine said like forty thousand or no, something. No, it was half a million. Was it half a million? That that it had to make more than that. Like, it cost just, like six million to make. Made half a million back. See, I don't know if that's. I don't know. Did you ever see that that was official? Because I found a, a website that showed that, but it didn't. I couldn't see something that was official on that. So it was. A, it was a very. I, I was just real surprised if it only made 500000 yeah. I don't know, because I really dug into the background of this, Did making you, this okay. movie, because it was so new on how they made it and everything. And it, it just, that part cracked me up, some of the stuff. Like, have y'all read the little, have y'all done any research on some of the background and the making of? Because that's, that's what I, I really some liked. of it. I spent, a, I spent a pretty good amount no, of it. Like, but a you, lot of from people talking about the oh, movie. Yeah. The front actors talking about the movie. or There were more blanks shot in making the movie than in the Mexican Revolution real bullets. Oh, my gosh. Oh 90,000 rounds. Yeah, there's a lot of bullets in this movie. Yes. Just so you know, there's a lot of bullets <laughs> and a lot of blood. Half of them come in one scene, though. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, okay, well, here's my last one. I'll leave y'all be with my, no, with like my facts. But I, I love like this statistics. stuff. I think it's really neat. But they're, but they're really talking. Okay, so Sam Peck and Paul, when they decided to do the wine 
that oh, yeah, yeah. frolicking scene with the two women where they're groped inappropriately and half naked. Those are prostitutes from a local brothel. I did not know that. That he hired because he wanted to be able to say that Warner Brothers paid for hookers. Oh my God. Fucking <laughs> Paul. He was really, really raw. Yeah, he was so yes. funny. Yeah. So you, yeah. I, I will give this disclaimer. I, the, I, honestly, I'm going to say, yeah, no kids need to watch this movie. Okay. No. So I'm going to go ahead and say that before. No. But back on details, there was 3,600 cuts when they edited the movie. Good God. 3,600. Some of them were three or four frames. They said you, it's a fraction of a second. I, the, I, that's, I struggled with that part of the Because movie. it kept jumping it around. Was so, yeah, like when the gunshots and the people were flying in it, it was just like chaotic for me. And it was just. Made you anxious? Yeah. <laughs> It made me so anxious. Yeah, that was good. That, <laughs> well, that was another fact talking about just statistics was uh, I think they had 500 uniforms and they just blew them up each day just over and over again. And so their wardrobe guy had to sit there and paint them that color. So I'm not talking about all those brown uniforms or white. What were they? Oh, yeah. They, they, well, they'd have to clean the fake yeah, blood off. And clean them, and paint them again. Sew them up. up. They had like 3,500 people that had to wear those 500 uniforms and then go get shot over and over with those. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, just, yeah. Hey, whoever worked on those films, like every one of them were experts, you know, and to, to work under Peck and Paul to get it. But he expected, he expected the best, you know, and that's part of this is talking about this. Is it, is this movie well made, you know, and, uh, is there a lot of wasted time? As I was sitting there thinking, I remember I was, I was sitting with the librarian and we were watching this together and, uh, and I was like, I, I, my, my thing, my fear with, with Brody is he's going to get bored in a few scenes just because they last a little bit long. Well, just outright, this movie is a long movie. Yeah, it is. It's, yes. Incredibly long. It's so And long. I watched Dune. <laughs> Especially, I mean, I don't know. Is that typical for Westerns? It doesn't seem like it. Uh, two hours usually for Westerns, yeah. I think. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure 310 to Yuma is pretty long. Um but I, you know, I, I think it just depends on what the Western saying. Ride the High Country. I, I think that was like a ninety minute, but I'm pretty sure the uh, Major Dundee was like two hours. I, I think Westerns just depends. If you go watch Dance with Wolf, that's three hours. So it depends. It's not like most comedies ninety minutes to wait. Is Dances with Wolves a Western? That's what I was about to say. It's like eh, I don't it's think everything that movie. happened I thought in it the was West like, is a I Western. Thought it was like River Dance. <laughs> River Dance. <laughs> <laughs> Dances with Wolves and Riverdance? Do you know what Riverdance is? <laughs> yeah, I know what Riverdance you is. Know what I do not know what Dances with Wolves is. <laughs> Dances with Wolves is, a, is like post-Civil War oh. out in the uh, Wild West where he's going to the – I think he's like in South Dakota or I don't know where he's at. He's I out. thought it was a bunch of Irish people dancing. No, no, no. Dances I, I, I don't – it's probably classified as a Western. I wouldn't consider it a Western. I mean, just everything that happens in the West isn't a Western. I think of like Lonesome Dove. That's you a know. Western? That's what I'm saying. That's that would be a western. I don't. I, don't I, <laughs> I would probably put that as a western. I think it's a drama western, but I think it's a western. So I don't know. I don't know how. What else you drama? You all can send us stuff and everything. But I, it, two hours was a long time for me. It is a long two movie. And, two and a half hours. Um, I watched it over a period of half a week. Okay. Ditto. <laughs> I watched it. I, I watched it this time fully through. I watched the last time fully. I borrowed through. it from you. I didn't know I had to flip the DVD. That's oh, how long it was. Serious, was that, <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that one. I've got my. I got a new one. I bought the Blu-ray. So <laughs> it just 
it just stopped. Oh, I didn't realize. And I was like, okay. So I rewound it and got it started again, and it just stopped. And I was like, what in the world? So I flipped I've, the DVD. That tells you. I've had that DVD probably for 20 years. Oh, 15, yeah. 20 years and stuff. That was the old yeah. one. So I'm glad it worked. Um, oh, I watched it over three separate sittings. Three separate Okay. Did you yeah. watch? Did your wife watch it? No. No. Okay. They my tried. Wife, she tried. My she wife started. Watched it. And this is what she said to me. She said, uh, I can see why guys like this. I can see why <laughs> this is a guy movie and everything like that. She said it was good. She said it was well done and everything. But uh, so. My uh, wife said, uh, this is his favorite Western. Oh, I just told her favorite. No. It's not my favorite. It's my favorite Western. So because I, I love it. Look, honestly, part oh, of I forgot you the never ending story is your favorite. I do love the never ending story, but that's not my favorite all time. So, but uh, no, I do. That's probably one of my favorite kids. Maybe that or Willy oh, Wonka. It's, it's, well, they're different, but I like them both. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad you like that. So anyway, to go back to, to, to this movie, there's a lot of things. I, I like the ageism. It's one of those movies and I compare it to deliverance. I think they're both very, very similar. Have you seen deliverance? No. Okay. And so both of them deal with guys who are in a, their middle ages who are trying to figure out what they're going to do, you know, in deliverance, they're, they're, they're going on this one huge adventure to prove they're still kids or young and go do this stuff. And they, they really test the limits. They're constantly testing the limits and everything. I'm not going to recommend that to anybody to watch that movie, but, but this one has that kind of feel to it is that they're at this, this point in their life is what, have, what does their life mean? What are they going to do? And I just enjoy that. I enjoy seeing that kind of stuff is, is, you know, and so far their life has been, terrible right i mean they're bad guys i mean they've not done anything they've got the code that's going for them yeah but they don't they don't look back and see like what they'd be proud of they're not satisfied with their life and they also pike and dutch are really the ones that are you know they were at the top of this crew and they're really seeing the younger guys try to buck the leadership yeah and they're realizing this is a young man's game and what has my life meant? What do I do now? Where are we going with this? I think, and also one of the things that they talk about as well, if you look at the, some of the stuff, is that they're also about to hit the uh, the 1913. It's 1913, so they're about to have cars everywhere. They're about to have planes everywhere. And they talk about that a little bit. And so the West is about to be fully gone. There's no, you know. Yeah, there's no, there's no room in this world for people like them. Yeah. And that theme, I think, is really good for viewers because every generation has this dying off period. Yeah. You know, and you wonder how, how am I useful anymore when, you know, all of this fresh meat's coming up and all of the world is totally different than it was when you were young and you're wondering where your place in it is. And so that's, I guess that's one of the reasons I really like this is, is they're looking at that they're looking at their lives, you know, because who hasn't looked at their life? I mean, when you're 21, you're not thinking about those kind of things, you know, when you're late thirties, mid forties and on, you're starting to think about those things, you know, what, you know, did I make a difference? Am I doing the right thing? Um, and so I, I think that's really interesting to me. That's that, that dynamic that you see, of course, the brothers, they're not thinking anything like that. The courts brothers, and they're not thinking, even though they're not much different in age, but you can see it in Dutch. You can see it in Thornton. You can see it in Pike. They're all like that. They're what's coming next, you know? And then with, of course, with Thornton, Thornton was actually, he's hired by the railroad. He gets out of jail to come after him. And, uh, and I think there's a cool scene in that. I, there's a really neat thing that I, I, I love bringing up is, uh, when they realize Thornton's with them, you know, Pike's like, Oh yeah, Thornton's with them. You know, and Dutch is furious about this. Well, why is he coming after, you know, why, why is he coming after? And he goes, well, 
you know, he probably gave his, what, what does he say? He gave his word or something like that? Yeah, his word. You know, and so, uh, you know, he, he understands. He's not mad at Thornton or anything. He doesn't see him as an right. enemy. He just, I mean, now it doesn't mean he wouldn't shoot him if he had to. Now, Dutch looks at it like traitor, yes. like a traitor. And Pike understands Thornton's need for survival and knows that he would play the same card. Like yeah, he would go the good. same route. That's good. I mean, he feels some sympathy because it's him and Thornton were together. When Thornton was captured. Do you think he feels sympathy or feels guilt? Well, it may be some guilt. I'm just saying like he, he understands him and he understands what he's been through and what he's got to do to survive. And Thornton, I mean, to give him credit, he doesn't want to be there. Yeah. He doesn't want to be hunting them at all. He wants to be with them. He says it multiple times. I would rather he, he of course hates the crew that he's with. We haven't yes. mentioned that yet. Yes. But That's a very he important. totally thinks they're idiots. And washed up wannabes. He calls them so many names, like because you watch the difference between Pike and Thornton in their two teams. I mean, because it's called the Wild Bunch, but if you look at the way they act and stuff, Thornton's got the Wild Bunch. Thornton has the. I wild mean, bunch. they're the real Wild Bunch. They they look like they they you know, and he calls them gutter trash and. And just, well, he can't control them, right? Like in the first scene, which we didn't really mention a whole lot, but like Thornton's team has so much collateral damage throughout the movie. Like they just kill anything, yeah. anybody, women. It like it doesn't even. But shoot the soldier. They yeah, get in trouble soldier. with the U.S. Army because they shoot a soldier on accident just because they're morons. I mean, they're yeah. complete idiots in everything they do. Thorne's probably the smartest of everybody in the group. Like you can tell that you know Dutch took his place, and Thornton was real, real smart because he's. They, they don't even mention this, but he knew exactly where they'd be hiding. Clearly, they don't show it on screen, so you can look at it as a blooper. But it, they were said they were there for four days. And so he would, he, while they were all doing dumb stuff, his, his crew, he was figuring out where they would probably be, who they were holed up with. And, and then he realized, okay, they're going to probably come after this train because there's a train. So they show he's very, very wise and stuff like that. And he thinks and plans like they do because he is them. Yes. You know? Well, and he was, he was probably their planner. I mean, that, you know, and, and I'm not saying uh, Dutch is not a planner as well. You can see Dutch is pretty smart as well. But Thornton was probably the, the smart guy and everything. And I think he feels guilt. We talked about that. But I think he feels guilt because you see it. It's his – It's it was Pike's fault that they got caught because he's like, what are you doing? We need to get out of here. And he's like, oh, nobody will look for us here. And then, of course, Pike uh, Thornton gets shot. But wasn't it like right away? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like, I mean, he – I didn't get that part because Thornton goes and he's like trying to get him out. And he's like, let's go, let's go. But they'd both been drinking, right? I don't think Thornton had. It was just Pike. I think it was Pike. And, well, and he might have, but they don't show it. Pike, Pike's having a good time. I think and they it, all drink all the time. <laughs> yeah. I think they do. But if you notice in that scene, Pike is having a good time. He looks like one of the, the brothers, right? He looks like he's a party and everything like that. He never looks like the rest of the movie. He's yeah. always serious. He might drink us some whiskey, but he's, you know. He's he becomes not, much more calculated. And yes, yes. Very, very, very smart. So, and which the whole time we see Dutch, he's the same way. He's very calm and, you know, I, but when he's getting caught, when Thornton's getting caught, isn't doesn't it happen like right after he says, "Hey, let's go"? It's right there, right after. It's not much longer. Okay, because it just seemed to me like no too time quick. had passed. Yeah, it was too. It, was, it quick. was too quick. But it was also a flashback, right? So yeah. I don't know if they want to spend five minutes showing. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I want to attack him for suspension and disbelief on that. I just. It, but it, it was just kind of like it was really quick. It's not like he had that much of a chance to get away. They came in right after you said it. No, but I would look at it like this. That was clearly not the first time Thornton had said, "Hey, probably not." I mean, I think they were making you understand Thornton was always not 
let's stay. Let's not stay here. Like he was constantly been in to his ears. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And he's like, no, we're having a good time. Let's stay here. So I wanted to talk to y'all about this and I know we've skipped over the movie. So, uh, but I wanted to ask this question. Have you ever seen movies where somebody like a group of guys or something, one of them will tell a joke or make some kind of funny comment and then all of them laugh. I see a lot of war movies and you're like, that wasn't funny. Nobody really would laugh at that situation. Do you know what I'm talking about? And, yeah. And, and you're always like, man, why didn't somebody write something that would be funny or anything like that? When they find out that those are the washers and they're not silver, did that not feel like a real moment to you? Like when oh, they're yeah. laughing about that? Oh, yeah. Tossing them at each other yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's it. And at first it's like a little chuckle and then it builds and then they're like throwing more washers and more laughter. And I like, I dug that scene for sure. At first they're making fun of the Gorch brothers. You know, you guys should have been planning. And then by the time it's over, the Gorch brothers are like, ah, you should have been hanging out with us instead of wasting all that time. You know, it's so, you know, but it felt natural. I felt like I learned something about Pike at that moment. Cause like he was able to take criticism. Yeah. The ribbing. Yes. You know what I mean? He wasn't, he didn't turn around and like react. You know what I mean? He's not an angry boss. Yeah, He's not, yeah, they're yeah. not scared to walk on eggshells. Yeah. You realize that he was totally okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't this like, well, like he was able to see the absurdity of it. You know, yeah, we yeah. spent all this time planning and y'all were with these, you know, yeah. floozies and, and he's like, yeah, you got washers. You should have been hanging out with those. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a good scene. It's a really yeah. good scene. And especially if you think about right before that scene, they're so angry at each other that uh, Angel, you know, he's making the, the brothers mad. The brothers are about to throw down on Angel. The old man jumps in on Angel's side, you know, and it's not till Dutch and yeah, there's some tension. Pike kind of shut them down, you know. Hey, and then after that, you really feel like somebody's about to get hurt. You do. You think somebody's in court. Yeah, if that's your first Angel. time, I thought Angel since was, was your done. first time, you might have thought, yeah, Dunzo. Yeah, and so you know, but. After that scene, from then on, they might joke with each other, but I don't know. There's like a bonding after that yeah. that you don't really, really see. That another scene is after they uh, rob the uh, the gun train when they get the whiskey bottle. Now, we talked a little bit about that and everything. And so, the, again, this is why I think Warren Oates is probably the funniest character in this movie. Is that of course they pass the bottle all around him. Everybody gets a swig, and and, and when Borgnine gets it or Angel, I don't. One of them gets it. I think it's Angel. Angel just the drinks last one. It, just, a, it, it just drinks the whole thing and then throws it out or pours the last part and just throws it. Yeah, like uh, he hands it to him upside down. Yeah. So like yeah, the he, last little dribble and he hands him an empty <laughs> bottle. And they show Ward Oates' face and he's just so it's, it's such a sunny scene. And then everybody just starts laughing. And all those those scenes, like even my my wife, she was smiling about it. And she, you know, of course I'm laughing at it because I think it's a great scene. You know, again, they're they're bonding, they're good friends. So I, I, I love the the camaraderie that comes in this movie. I just think it's so strong. And uh, and so when you see that, it kind of makes sense when you get to the very end of the movie. Uh, whereas they have this code, but they're not always going to follow it. You know, I don't know if they always follow the code. I mean, they leave right. those, some of those guys back. If they're not sure, they leave Crazy Lee back, you know, and so. But at the end. And then the situation with Angel, you can tell there's, you know, and we'll get to that, but you can tell that they're unsure Oh, of gosh, like right. how to handle it, like it's, to begin with. Yeah, I read something. And, and I guess like because Dutch is, uh, of course, Dutch is there with he's Angel thrown into captured. the moment right away when yeah. he's captured. When Angel is captured, and he has to figure out what to do, and you can see that he feels like he's betraying. You know, like you can tell that he has this internal conflict about turning around. But if he like makes a big deal out of it, of course he's going to die. Yes, you know. Well, and that's what I was going to ask when you watch that scene. With when Angel gets captured, they're like, "Oh, 
his fa- uh, the the girl's father because uh, Angel kills this this girl. He shoots yeah, this we girl. haven't gone into Angel's story much, but Angel Angel's from this village. He's the only one from that area. He cannot stand the the leader, and so Mapache. and so he ends up. They go rob the train of sixteen gun cases, and he gives one as his payment. He takes all his money, so he won't get paid. He's going to take the guns to give them to these rebels, and because uh, he believes in their cause, and uh, so he loses all his money. Well, when they turn that in, the general ends up realizing that he had done that, and he captures Angel. There's a little bit more to Cause, it. Because the girl's mom turned him in. Father, but yes. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was a mom. Was I father. thought it was the mom, too. Like yeah. his father. Okay, it doesn't matter. So, but, but anyway, yeah. so he gets turned in by her family member. You'll see it you'll, later on. Well, we say her. Did we explain that yeah, earlier? Yeah, Chris, you, you tell us. Tell him what happened to the... Yeah, so early... Angel's very emotional, but go ahead. He is. He's he's very reactive. Yes. He's like the youngest one, though. He is. He's so, I mean, that makes sense. In real life, he was 31, yeah. So, Angel is a native Mexican, and he's part of the gang, the Wild Bunch. And he's a new part of the gang, too. They he kind is. of hint to that. He's in a, a new addition, and when they cross over to Mexico running away, they go into his village. He finds out that his dad is dead. Is it his dad, right? Yeah. And Mapache, Mapache, Mapache. Yes. He killed him. Uh, his troops killed him. And so Angel starts to sympathize with the, or Angel sympathizes with the rebels. And that's why he takes that gun case later on to give to the rebels rather than payment. But he also finds out that his girlfriend, I mean, I guess they weren't married or anything, yeah. right? It was just his girlfriend. woman. That's his right. woman. Yeah. Plans um, to be married. Yes. I think ran off with Mapache and he is not happy about it. So when he encounters them uh, in a pretty, when he encounters Mapache in a, like a dinner setting, I guess it was, he sees her and then he shoots her. Well, he talks to her. And I think until that point, I think until that point though, I think in his mind, she'd probably been kidnapped. She was trying to survive. And then he sees her there. She sits in his lap she well, rejects Angel. Well, now, first, yeah, during the conversation, I don't know what they said. Do you know what they said? Was, I don't. I think it was in Spanish. It, it was. And okay. I don't remember subtitles. But they went back and forth, and it was basically like, you're nothing. Yeah. I'm with the general now because he's got everything. And then she laughs, yes. you know, quite blatantly laughs at him and goes and sits in Mapache's lap. Yeah, he was starts, demolished as a man. Yes, and makes out with Mapache right there. Right in front, in front of, of Just right in front and smiling and grinning. And Angel's a little bit upset. The rage he is shoots building her. and he just shoots her. And, and what you got to understand if you're watching this and you've never seen this is he shoots her in front of 200 of Mapache's men. Yeah. Okay, and so and while she's, she's everybody, in his lap. Yes. And they think it's a great shot. They think it's an attack on Mapache, Mapache. but it's not. And they try to so, explain that. And then Mapache laughs. It's like, oh, he's just mad at the wo- Okay, don't worry about it. My wife was upset about this. She was like, man, they, they just treat women terrible this movie. I was like, yeah. Oh, the whole movie yes, is womanizing. Yeah, there's no yeah. – yeah, they, they women in this movie are treated – you know. Oh, I mean, they, they spend the night in like brothels yeah. and yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then they leave – a barely alive chicken as payment and stuff. Is like, did you did? catch that? Yeah, like the two. I just thought they the killed two the chicken that, on accident. I guess just share the brothers. Yeah, the, yeah, the brothers that share women all the time or whatever did not pay and walked out, and there was that little chicken on the bed left. So yeah, so they're they don't show any of that. Okay, they but just it, show them leaving that room. But again, so. this is I think Peck and Paw again. 
he believed the Westerns up until this were too romantic and unrealistic. Yeah. And they had, and I guess by comparison, I guess they are because they didn't have blood and guts. They didn't have, you know, it was a one-man yeah. versus one-man showdown and, you know, stock. Rid we, the town of the bad guy. Yeah, stock audio on gunshots, guy falls down. Oh, and the duels, you know, yeah. go out and fight in the town But square. think about this. In the village, the women weren't treated that bad. Like, you didn't notice that in the village. You didn't notice that when they were in the uh, the town in the very front. But it wasn't in excess. I mean, yeah. it, that's what I'm saying. In the so village, it's, it's, it wasn't a town of excess, so they they didn't they didn't treat them like right. that. I, I believe that was part of the excess of life being the general and all his cronies and everything. That women were just yeah. everywhere. They was just they had all the gold. You know, he even says, when, yeah, they had access to the gold. Yeah, the it's weapons. It was nothing. I mean, he he had all the gold, so he had power everything. and money. Yeah. Because he is a useless human being. I mean, he is awful and everything. And who, I will say, who is yes. I mean, he you know he doesn't care about that girl when she got she gets killed. He doesn't. I mean, he, he just replaces her. Yes. He's got another one in the he, next scene, and he drinks more yeah. whiskey and he's okay. Like, yeah. I mean, that guy drinks constantly and stuff. The only time I ever remember him seeing him not drunk or hungover is uh, when the the train's being attacked and it's all the rebels are shooting and everything, and he is. Captain Courageous out there, right? I mean, he just stands in the middle of opening, and he doesn't go really back until that little kid comes up. And that kid, he's that kid's hero, which that's kid's the one that ends up shooting Pike. And so he does. He walk. Everybody's running from, you know, just bombardment from bullets, and yeah. he just calmly walks back to yeah, where all the men are scattering, like which, it's nothing. Which and I think that's part of his that he's psychotic. Maybe I'm reading it wrong, but he's just this, this guy that's not scared of anything. And you know, he has just power. So he's not a coward in command. He is a, sociopath in command. Yeah. 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 So, I was going to say collected, but sociopath is a better word there. So, yeah. So I, but everything's a little over the top and it's supposed to, it, it's supposed to exaggerate and bring to the forefront. What heck Paul really believed the West to be. Yeah. Like it wasn't, the romanticized good right. guy. It was more realistic. It was what he was trying to portray is that, you know, yeah, there was good and bad and everybody. And this is what, this is more realistic of their yeah. behavior. Well, and that's the thing you finally realize as you watch this, I think is okay. The front scene, wild bunch is the bad guys. By the time you get to the end scene, yes, they're bad guys, but the real bad guys is Mapache and his army because of what they're doing. And you look at the over and Robert Ryan's group, Thornton's guys, they're pretty jerky too. I mean, they're, they're both sides are real, real sorry. So uh, I think it gives you this perspective that like who the bad guy is, is all about what perspective you look at it from. Who, who are you looking, whose lens yeah. are you looking at it through? Yeah. Right. Like if you look at it through Thornton's view, or if you look at it through Mapache's view, if you look at it through Pike's view, every bad guy is a different person. You know, it's just, it's all flipped around. Well, with Thornton, I mean, who does he look at as the bad guys? I mean, he's looking at everybody. The, the railroad. Guys. Well, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, the you railroad. They're the a corporate guys. user of him. Yes. You know? Yeah. When his gutter trash. Yeah. And so, I, w- really quick, we just talked about this. What did y'all think about the bridge blowing up? I think that is such a cool scene. That was a cool scene. And so, the, the one gang, Thornton's I mean, gang, the, is Jason. Like, and watching everybody fall through. The, I don't know how they did that. But oh, those are real people on horses. And that stuff. is. Yeah, that, all those stuff, man. They, yeah. Tough. So they had a, spe- I remember there was something specific. They had to watch something to happen. And if it would have messed up, they had to 
stop or knock out the guy that was in charge of blowing up just because they didn't want it to to mess them up and everything. So it was it was well done. Having this, they have a bridge that blows up about two thirds of the movie, and it's phenomenal. Like it is just really really cool when it happens. So who was chasing him? The uh, at that time it was the, the there's only like six of them left, but it's Thornton's, Thornton's crew. crew. Yeah. yeah, and so they get over there. They're they're aiming their guns because they see him, and then uh, in one of the great moments of this movie, Pike raises his hat like ha ha. You know, I just think it's awesome. You know, yeah. just, oh, yeah, you think you got me, but bam. <laughs> it's a cat and mouse chess yes, game, yes. you know, for them. So, But Angel's story does carry on over toward the end of the movie and comes back into play and gets him captured. Yes. We talked, we touched on that a little bit earlier, but the, the reason he's captured is, uh, you know, the stolen weapons yeah. and giving them to the rebels. And so once he's captured... One of the Wild Bunch crew is now in captivity. Right? Um, yeah, and one thing we need to jump back to real quick. When they stole the guns, they found this uh, this machine gun. Yeah. And so this machine gun, you know, as a foreshadowing, this machine gun gets seen about a couple of times. It's not like a James Bond movie where they they show him a special watch and, and he ends up using it for five seconds in the end. Of, like, you know he's going to use it. You don't know when. When they show this machine gun, they 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 use this machine gun a few times to to have some good scenes. There's one scene where they give Mapachi the machine gun as a gift, and he just starts shooting it. And did people die when that? No, nobody got killed. Okay, on I that. couldn't. Yeah. I, did, I didn't yeah, see I anybody watched die. It this, but I, I like, really I watched it this time to make sure. I was like, okay, I don't think anybody killed. Gets killed. I feel like I missed it. I was like, I bet somebody died, and I just didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, but he starts shooting this machine gun. It's supposed to be on a tripod. He doesn't care. He 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 just fires. And it. he's drunk. I'm pretty sure. Yes, he's constantly drunk. And uh, but he loses control of that machine gun. Is that it, not a great scene? It about wipes out his entire village. Yeah, but what happens once he loses control? He falls down. Yeah, everybody's watching him, and he jumps back up and goes and grabs the gun again. Yeah, like he is having the best <laughs> time firing that rounds. So, and I like how it comes back later when he, when they're, it was almost right after that, actually, when his guys are handling the machine gun and he goes over there and he's like, put it on the tripod. Yeah. <laughs> like he knows in charge now. And so that guy for, for honestly, for being, he had to be in his seventies playing that role. He does a pretty good job, physical humor for being that old. It was yeah. really, really, really good. So anyway, we get to the, I guess we're kind of near the end of the movie and uh, we just, I know we've jumped around for you guys and I'm sorry, but. I just sometimes I feel like it's better when we roll that way if we don't. I think it's hard if we movie do this. scene by scene, yeah. you know, especially a movie this long. And this well, and intricate. we're talking about ideas in this movie as well, yeah. and, and and these these people again, the the, the cast. I, I don't know if there could have been a better cast for this. Originally, it wasn't supposed to be William Holden; it was supposed to be Lee Marvin, and uh, Lee Marvin turned it down. Um, I don't know who that is. Okay, um, but. Lee Marvin's a pretty good actor. He's done a lot of stuff, and he'd been playing a tough guy. But I don't think I think William Holden was the better choice for this. Uh, Lee Marvin always plays the tough guy. William Holden plays the conser- the reserved. <sighs> you can see it in his eyes. He questions everything. You can tell, you know, and he and he knows probably he's the wisest man. He might not be the smartest man, but he's the wisest man in the room. And so I, th- I think he just does a good job. I love Ernest Borgnine in this. But uh, they get to the end scene, and so this is the classic scene. Basically, uh, Dutch had to leave him there. Uh, the argument was, did he really leave him there? Was he jerky about it? But I think Chris hit it. And from my, my standpoint, I agree with Chris. He had no choice. He had to leave him there. I don't, would, bro, did you feel the same way, or did you think he should? Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's- it, it was one of these things he surrounded. He would have been dead. You'd both be dead. I mean, there's- so – and. uh and it was one of those things that I, I guess Pike had kind of made it clear, you know, that, that if something weird happened, he didn't say it, but he was, you know. I don't know why they swapped out people. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't understand why just he went last. Pike could keep going. You know, I just didn't understand why they. 
I think it was the risk for each one. Everybody had to have a risk to go on. Their oh, own. it was a shared. Yes, risk. a shared risk. And so William Holden goes first because he's the leader, and then they just work their ways. Until, I would have never sent Angel to face to face with my body. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That, I would have never done that. You know, and so, but they sent him last when there's that's the last load, that's the last amount, and then they, of course they capture Angel. They let Dutch go. They give him the money. Uh, which Dutch probably was walking on needles. If this is a real life, he'd been walking on needles. Like, what well, man, they can just shoot me and take the money. You know, they know where the stuff's at. But it's a neat scene because they, they, you know, they beat the crap out of uh, Angel. I mean, they just they they, they drag him they through drag town him around on a was it the car the, on the car? Yeah, yeah, they hook the, him to the automobile because uh, the wild bunch comes out and one of them gets captured. Uh, not captured. He gets shot and he escapes into the thing. Uh, what was it? Uh, Sykes. Sykes kind of get disappears and so he's about to get captured by. Thornton's crew. So now it's just four of them. And the four are like, why don't we just go into town? We can just go hang out. We've got enough. We'll bury our money. So we don't know where they bury it. Right. But they bury all the money except for like one bag. And they take that to go spend and just hang out. And they're, they're, well, I remember the, one of the things that uh, Pike says is he's like, they're not going to worry about us. They're happy with the guns they got. So we can go do, we can spend a week there and they're not going to care about it. And they think town is safer because then Thornton's crew can't get to them. Exactly. exactly. But if they're outside of, of the city, Agua Verde. Yeah. Then they are exposed to Thornton and his crew. Yeah, and they know Thornton's good. So so they end up going to town They get, and they see how they're treating Angel, dragging him around. And it ticks. You can see it ticks Dutch off. It tick, You can see, honestly, it messes Pike up too. And uh, and I don't know if it just flashes right from them, but it, then it goes. I think, no, he, t- he asked him to, to let him go where he'll pay him for him. And he's like, he won't let him pay him for him. So they end up, it, it kind of flashes forward. I don't know if it's the next day or it's, it's later. I want to think it's the next morning because I think Mapache uh, is not drunk at that point at the end. And, uh, uh, but it's a cool scene. They're all in there. And this is where they've, I guess, spent the night with, uh, the ladies and, uh, and you can just see it on his face. And Chris had mentioned that, but you can see it on his face. And so Pike comes in and says, and looks at the brothers and, uh, he says, what? It says two words. Do you remember? He goes, let's go. And I love it because it goes to one of the uh, Gorch brothers, uh, the younger one. And he goes, why not? And I just love that, you know, because they, they could have – I read something I thought was really interesting on this. It said usually in movies when something's happened, where they're about to go do something, the character gives a long speech. Boys, we, we've, you know, we fought this and this is our time to shine and stuff. He's known these guys. He's hung around these guys. There's only two words to say. Let's it's go. been weighing on all of yeah, them. Yeah, it's been weighing on all of them. And so those three walk out, and that's where you finally see Dutch because Dutch has not been in there. And Dutch is just sitting there. And, and I, they do such a good job because you feel like Dutch has probably been sitting there. The reason why he didn't join was he couldn't get it off his mind. He's just sitting there outside just angry or whatever. And uh, and he looks at Dutch and it's like, you know. And Dutch just jumps up and gets up. They go get their guns. They start – they got their shotgun. One of them's got a rifle. And but they had to know. They did. They had to know. That. Well, and, and you got to look. I know we we know now that they were all going to die, but at that point they weren't one hundred percent sure, right? But I think it was, <laughs> I mean, they were awful close. They had to be close. <laughs> if they were risking death. They but, were talking about him being surrounded by two hundred men. Yeah, yeah. But at There's that hundreds. point, they they still th- they maybe thought they could get him to surrender. They didn't want to lose anybody and stuff like that. Okay, I, I get that. But they still, they were, there's probably a, still a chance that they could get Angel because they were like, we were going to get Angel. And either way, this movie can't end happy a, as a happy ending it story. Can't. Like, no. there's no, well, there's no place for it these guys. It would just betray itself. The movie would yeah. 
wouldn't be the movie it is. And and one other thing we didn't say about Mapache. Mapache is actually working. This is 1913. Mapache is working with the Germans too. Okay. Oh yeah. Which yeah. I never understood the Germans being in there. So yeah, but the Germans worked with uh, uh, Mexico during uh, right before World War Two. Yeah, but World they, War One. It didn't have to be in there. They didn't do anything of any. That's count. true. It didn't. I add, mean, it didn't add any value. It didn't add. And then in the final scene, I think it had one thing. The final scene. I think one of the reasons is in there because that German thought they were anti-America, and that was not the case. They weren't anti-America. They were the wild bunch, and they were anti-authoritarian. They were thor- you know what I'm saying? They still loved. They, they didn't like America, the but they loved the people. Does the that place. make sense? And so yeah. I don't think so. I think that was part of it. The Germans like, oh yeah, these guys will work because they they don't love America. But I, he got it wrong, and they were like, we. So I think that's what. So anyway, they go to the they, they go to the final showdown. They ask for Angel. And Mapache pretends he's going to give it to him, and then he cuts Angel's throat and kills him right there. Which is the only part that the the agency that gives ratings and everything says what's acceptable. The cutting of the throat was the only thing that they they weren't willing to accept. Really? Yep. All there was like a hundred and twelve deaths in the final scene, and another. That's did they awesome. cut that to our? Did they remove that scene at all in the original? Like not the director's know. cut, but like. Well, and that's the thing: the director's cut. What we saw. Yeah, Peckinpah never saw that in theaters. That you know, he didn't have that. He died in eighty three or eighty four, so he never, you know, what he wanted to. He was mad at the studio because they they messed his movie up, you know. Um, but we get to see what his vision was, but you know now. But but yeah, I didn't realize it was like that that cutthroat. But yeah, it's a you know, and you understand why they were so mad. You understand why they're ticked. And uh, and I love that there's no hesitation the moment he does it. Pike and and Dutch both shoot him. They, they shoot him right then, like you know, and because uh, it could have been one of those things. If you're the general standpoint, I cut his throat. You got nothing to do. Get out of here. So now that they gain nothing now from fighting, right? But the code mattered to them. But I mean, you could, I guess, yeah. Okay. I don't mean that. I don't mean the code could matter enough where you leave and then now you plan how to assassinate. You know, and <laughs> yeah. you, guess what? You still live with that. So. Yeah, but at this point, it didn't matter. <laughs> but it, it wouldn't. There's so. Fear. But it wouldn't. You're right. I don't think. And so, but I think that's the code that, that you did this. I I don't think those guys could have walked away from that. Yeah, because yeah, they would have yeah, looked like yeah. cowards, and they they couldn't have handled that. Mm-hmm. They, they would have driven them crazy, even if it was just a little bit. So I don't know. So and so, you know, that's that's what starts it. Pike shoots him. Dutch shoots him. They kill him, and everything just qu- quits. I love that the look around. Dutch is grinning. He starts laughing out loud, like, "Oh my gosh, we're gonna get away with this." Well, the bad guy died, and they're, everybody kind of froze. Like, yeah, they soldiers didn't know what to do or whatever because they didn't have this tyrant just yes. barking orders. Cut the head off the snake. Well, and there's yeah. only two officers, really, that were part of it outside of him. There's the uh, that guy that was always sitting beside him, and then there's the accountant. Uh, the accountant's got one of my favorite lines. Ah, very smart. And I love when he says that at one point. But uh, And they kill them off really, really quick once the battle starts. Well, of course, they That shoot. was the only time I laughed. The, that, the whole movie? Yes. Are you serious? You didn't even laugh about the uh, drinking when they threw the bottles around and stuff like that? Okay. okay. I laughed But but it was the it was when the accountant is like yelling at him. Yeah. And they're negotiating. Yeah. <laughs> using a fuse. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. Uh, we didn't even talk about that, but there's a really good thing. So anyway, here's the battle scene takes place. They they get a part of that machine gun. They they kill. I mean, you said 112. It seemed like they killed 200 people with that machine gun. Well, Wait. They, so far, what I saw the official numbers were 112 in the final scene, and only 22 others in Are the you movie. See it? So that's yeah. surprises. Yeah. yeah, I thought it'd be way more during the whole movie. It didn't say anything about horses. So. There was a lot more than 22 bullets fired. <laughs> there is, yeah, and everything. So, what did y'all think of the final scene with the battle? I know that it's probably unrealistic in certain areas, but. 
the was main it, was area it a of, going down in a blaze of glory? Was it was it a cool scene in that aspect? Because I don't think there's any other. I don't know of any other movie to go get, goes to that level at the end, the way they go down. I can't think of anything. I mean, but did you right enjoy? Off, that's all I'm asking. I just really, I'm just curious. I love that. I think it's a. It was again. Uh, it, it wasn't unenjoyable, but it was a bit choppy. It was a bit. I don't know. I mean, it almost give me motion sickness. I mean, it it's would bounce around a lot. It's yeah. So, I don't like that editing style, but I do the sentiment that was in the shot, the yeah. sentiment that was carried through because you're following these storylines and and you see that they're struggling with this and then you just sort of see them explode, you know. Yeah. Like I like a, the guns like a bomb used. went off, you know. You like what? I like the guns that were used. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what which I was surprised. They used a nineteen eleven and then yeah, they, they used that, the, uh, what the the shotgun. The ninety seven pump action. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And one of them had a rifle, but yeah, but uh, I found that very surprising that were used. They did have the nineteen oh three uh Springfield rifles. Okay. But yeah. We talk about all these things, and this is the blaze of glory. At the end, there's only two left. Uh, the, even the, the other gang gets killed, all except for Thornton. It's like a quiet settles yeah, over everything. Yeah, very, very calm. I mean, they, they pretty much, I don't know how many uh, they were trying to represent, but it seems like they killed almost every single one. Yeah, well, they, well, they did the, enough they that ran. now the, the rebels can come in and take over. Right. And so, because there's just bodies everywhere. Yes, they're every, yeah. yeah. Which I think is part of the reason everything. that the whole shootout continued after angel's throat was cut anyways because they kind of saw that not only did they take a member and cut his throat but they really are a tyrant if yes just for a, a case of rifles they drug this guy around and then slit his throat and all that so they were like well we could at least help the people you know i mean yeah i just felt but i feel like you I mean and he says i don't know if it's pike or it's pike Pike had talked about his dream of owning some land. It's a he was never going to own land. Well, yeah, this I mean, is what, what he is. Dutch was it Dutch that says yeah. it to him or well, Sykes. Dutch is the one that's it's Dutch that talks to him about. I wouldn't have it any other way. Either. He's like, what are you going to do with land? Yeah, I don't remember exactly what he says, but he's just basically saying, "What do you mean you want to own land? Yeah. What are you going to do with that?" Yeah, this is who we are. This is what we do. You yeah, know? and uh, you're going to settle down, and you know. So to me, that's. When I watch that scene, and and one thing I love about it is I love that Dutch is sold out to Pike. Whatever Pike's going to do, Dutch is like, I'm with you. But I yeah. think in the end, it's like they they all realize either way, there's only one route out of the yeah, out of this life, it. and that's with let's and the that's end their of a way bullet, at the end of a gun. Well, I was going to say they can yeah. choose their way, or you know, being hung, or right, dying yeah. of old age, or yeah. what they do best. You could get shot in the bush for nothing. Or taking out all these tyrants, right? Bad guys, jerks who've done all this stuff and everything. Or you can outwit everybody and fight everybody your whole life to be shot and killed by a little boy. <laughs> I guess that's true as well. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, anything could happen. Yeah. So, so anyway, I, I guess we're kind of at the we're we're at the end. Uh, so, but that little boy symbolized something too, really. What did he symbolize? Right. It's like he 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 knocked off almost this entire crew right but it was like that seed is still there you know it's oh what the the next tyrant yeah the next to go around oh, we see it the, the next villain the next but that's in know. the front too the, the kids burning the the ants and burning the scorpions i mean they're yeah. it's 
that violence is part of. It's like no matter what sacrifice though they make, yeah, it doesn't. It's going to bring that back. Well, some of that violence is just ingrained in everybody. Really, yeah. I mean, y'all, we all have a little bit of violence in us, I think. But well, and part of that movie again is civilization versus Wild West, and that that as they come to head to head, and and civilizations knocking that out. But even in our world today, we see violence all over, and it's still going on. So. <sighs> I think this movie is not a funny movie at all. Uh, like, there's comedy moments. I, I love the characters, um, but yeah, it's not really. It's a, it's an action movie. Yeah. This is a complete complete action. You knew what I was going to say before. I mean, it's again, this is my favorite western. I don't I don't know if anything can be done better as a western. So of course, my, my without even hesitation, I, I gave this a nine. I knew this would be a nine just before I started. I've loved this movie for. You maxed it out. Yeah, because it's the best Western of all time. I'd have to see something that would compare up to it. But th- it doesn't mean there can't be movies that are up to that same level. Of course. You of know, course. so uh, like, I, you know, I put Ventures and Babysitting up and gave that a night because I, I love that movie. I love the comedy aspect of it. There can be other comedies that will jump into that. And it doesn't even mean they have to be equal in certain things, but there's certain things that reach. There's a few other Westerns I probably would put at that same level. But if I had to pick my overall, it's this. And we didn't even talk about this, and I was going to curious because I know, but I, I do like the score in this movie. I think it runs really, really well. There's not a specific song that goes on to it, but it just, the movie flows with this, and it doesn't feel cheesy Western music. It feels really yeah, good. Yeah, the composer said that if you listen to the score without watching the movie, it sounds like a romantic movie. Did you really? Yeah. I could believe that. It's a very poetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, no, you're right. Poetic. Because I was thinking, too, the songs are, they sound romantic. And yeah. Stuff like that. yeah. Yeah, So, So I give it a nine. I love this movie. Um, I, 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 as a guy, I would recommend it. If you're 50, if you're 40, I would really recommend this just because of what it's about. Unless um, you're emotionally and intellectually a 14-year-old like I am. So... I, that's what I would recommend. Okay, let's hear. I'm Brody. I, I'm <laughs> yeah, really curious about Chris. I'm going to go with Brody first because I know Brody hates Westerns. So. I do. And that continues. Okay. This I didn't like. Okay. I did not <laughs> like the movie. It wasn't good. It was great for what it did for Westerns. Okay. Western cinemas. Children. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a Western guy. So I'm not going to like Westerns. But this had a lot that, you know, I had to go back and look at other stuff and try to compare it because it wasn't, I mean, it's just, to me, it's just another Western, you know, but I have to remember that we're reviewing these as they came out, not now, you know. So in comparison to the other movies that had come out, I thought this did a great job. I mean, it did. It made it more realistic. It didn't make an obvious, you know, unstained hero. Because even in some of the other Westerns that came out, the good guys, they weren't even really dirty a lot of the times. Like they were wearing chaps and stuff and they were clean, you know, in this, they're all in the dirt of it. You know, they're all in the thick. So I thought that was really, really well done. I thought some of the stuff was unnecessary or cheesy. And a lot of the cutting of scenes and bouncing around was just maybe if they hadn't done that, it would have been smoother and I would have been okay with it. But then it would have been too long and I wouldn't have watched it because it is a lengthy I mean, director's cut. But I mean, it's a lengthy movie. But I thought he did a good job. I'd give it a six. Okay. I mean, that's. That's much higher than I was anticipating. Uh, and some of it may have been the joy I got from reading about the background mm-hmm. stuff because this is, it's an older movie. So things weren't as mainstream as they are now. So, I mean, they don't, you have stuff and you always hear of the background of, you know, actor and actress getting into it and being ugly with each yeah. other, stuff like that, but not to this degree. Like, this yeah. is like you're earning a living here. It wasn't, I'm going to do one movie, make my, 
billions of dollars and, and retire. It's like they made multiple movies because they wanted more money. Yeah. You know, I mean, so some of the stuff that they went through that Peck and Paul put them through is, is hilarious. I mean, even some of the stories about the people themselves, like I was looking at Emilio Fernandez. They say he, he was pretty true to character. Like he was, he was a heck of a guy. They said he would go to bars and stuff and bring 14 year old women and carry two guns on his belt and all that. And he was directing a movie in Mexico and got in an argument with the producers and shot and killed two of them. He became uh, one of the biggest, didn't he? He became he like before. a huge, huh? I was going to say, I thought he was before all this. He was a huge director. Oh, was he? Yeah, because he's he's born like, I think, 1884. So, I mean, oh. he's old when this movie came I thought out. it was after. But, but yeah, he's he's directed movies in Mexican cinema and, and pretty famous. Yeah, they said that his behavior would make everybody feel uh, uncomfortable, to say the least. I bet. You know, yeah. <laughs> and, and he had no qualms with what he did. I mean. I, repl- I take that back. He was born in 1904. He died in 1986. So, he was not from mm-hmm. the 80s, uh, 1800s. But I like that. I like reading that some of the scenes, like the train scene being impromptu kind of thing done in a day. I mean, there was a lot of stuff that a lot of the changes that made it a good, a good movie. I'm not a Western guy. I won't. You haven't changed my mind, but no, but you did make a comment. I kind of wanted to jump into your, you were saying, well, this, this Western came out in 69. And so that's until that point, it changed all Western. So I, I'm curious, do you think there are better Westerns now? That's my, my point is, I would put this up against any Western right now and still say, I think this is better made than most Westerns. Any, you know, Listen, I don't see Westerns being made now. That's okay. not, that's how I look at it is West. The traditional Western is not made anymore. Like there's, they're more, they're action movies that might be Western themed or part of it, but well, they had three ten to Yuma that came out. That's pretty Western. That. And so was uh, the Magnificent seven remake. Quick and the dead. Quick and the dead came out in 95. I don't watch those. So. They're Westerns. Well, okay. So, but I, I didn't know they were that, because, I mean, I'm thinking, you said... Uh, they, they, until this point, in the 60s and 50s, uh, they were making Westerns like crazy. Yeah. And they were just dropping Westerns all the time. Tombstone. So clearly, Tombstone? Tombstone came out in 94. Yeah, and so, so Tombstone. Which I like it. But again, Tombstone, maybe one other Western that year. The next movie, because I know they They're very sprinkled the But I guess I'm pigeonholing it, but, because, I mean, Tombstone is the Old West, but it's not... I don't know. I just I, I think it's even greatly different from these kind of westerns, you know. In, I think in theme. I do think Tombstone's got a feel to this though, because they're both very action oriented, oh, yeah. with both sides not really being a hundred percent good or bad. And so, except yeah. for Johnny Ringo. Okay, excellent point. Six and nine, Chris. So I don't I don't know if I if we're on the same page or not. Like maybe we need to get there. But it seems like the way I, I guess we can rate them however we want, but the way I rate a movie is my experience. You know, it's like, Oh, I'm going to change my answer. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and he, I I was just clarifying that because Brody said earlier that, you know, he was giving it grace because, well, he didn't say grace, but he was giving it grace because of when it was made and that it was breaking the pattern of the Westerns of the day and it was breaking the mold and uh, a lot of the behind the scenes stuff and, and stuff like that. And I, I'm just clarifying that like the only way that I'm rating this movie is how I felt when I finished the movie. Okay. I did not like this movie. I did not hate this movie. 
it left me disinterested in some parts and then really interested in some parts. I really liked the story, but I, I think the truth of the matter is I don't like the older movie. Like it just is dull to me. I mean, everything is dull. The audio is dull. The, the color is dull. The, well, see, I'm with you though, but that's, this is from the sixties. No, I get it. I get that there should be some forgiveness there, but I'm just saying I still don't enjoy it. No, I still can't watch it and forget those things and not, you know, the, the audio is terrible and the dialogue is a lot of times weird. Like the explain the dialogue's weird. Well, it's like, okay. Like the wild, not the wild bunch, but the, the, the Thornton's crew, they're like these stooge like characters, you know, they're just like so goofy. It's unbelievable. And I wanted to really, the movie has this realism aspect to it, you know, like the whole thing is this real dirty, grungy, Western, true to life type thing. And the, the crew that Thornton is with is, is not believable. Like they're just, uh, they're like stooge, like dumb, you know, well, it doesn't make sense. It's mainly the two, right? And I don't know that there's there's like dumb so much as they're they don't care, you know. I mean they they do some dumb stuff, but at the same time, you've got people that are like that, like the scene at the beginning when they're like fighting over the dude's boots and like all this stuff, and it was just it was very like slapstick. I didn't think it was slapstick. I didn't look. I mean, I'm not saying it was really comedy, but I'm just saying it was like weird and goofy and dumb. Oh, see, I thought I took it as them being without like they're they're out about fending for themselves so they're legitimately fighting over no i shot him i get i know but if that was the case they could have made it look a lot more real oh and and i never thought about this but what if what if those groups came out of that jail too what if they came out where they were all grand freedom to go after this if he had said it that way no i'm just saying what if what if it wasn't just thornton that was freed out of prison and these guys were all jail people too and they they they, i thought they were I'm not so, I just sure say Thornton. Where, was. I wasn't no, they sure. were hired, I think, but he didn't so, pay very much. The railroad didn't because they got they got to catch them, you know. But think about well, and and that's the other thing is a bunch of them get killed right at the front, so we well, don't know if he had any of them were any good. Later they say if you don't get them, we're going back. Unless y'all want to go back, it was like well, it was like no, that was because they killed the army guy. They knew they would face uh, a hanging for shooting the army guy. So no, I'm just curious. And I, so you don't like your thing is you don't like sixties because. Or 50s because of the way the films look. Because the technology was awful. So that drives you that it's crazy. Because to me, the story matters experience. so much. And I feel like the story is phenomenal. I really did like the story. I think that he really had a great, great script. And probably even a great movie. If I had been born back then, I probably would have <laughs> enjoyed it more. But uh, it was so underwhelming. All of, the old, all of the Westerns I've ever seen in my life are just underwhelming and boring. And I, I don't know. I, I just being honest, but I Chris like. Chris is now my man. I don't see how y'all say this movie's boring. Like I've, I've seen boring movies before. Not boring. Like I, I fell asleep while people were just shooting each other up because it was, it was so pre special effects that it was just like it, this. I could be watching this on TBS and fall asleep at one in the morning. Uh, I do. No, I gave it more than that. I gave it. I gave it more leeway than that for sure. Because uh, again. I put it in back then, you know, was it, should it have been a better flick when it came out? You know, that's kind of how, like when we did last Starfighter, 
I felt it was overlooked upon its release. You know, some of the movies that were overlooked will become bigger later, like this one. I mean, this one only made half a million, budget of six million, but it's it's ranked in top 100 of multiple genres or, or stuff. I mean, it's, it's ranked real high, but that didn't come too much can, later. I can totally see how. I just but you know, as a person, you don't like. No, I understand it. everything, and that might not be your genre to like and everything. And so, and, I, and I'm very, very cautious with that. For me, I re, I look at it a lot of times. Okay, like even Ventures and Babysitting, that's a comedy, kid comedy. So I put it in that rating, so I, I can enjoy it like that. So I don't know. I, I, I don't like westerns, and I loved the story, and I loved the different um, complex characters. I I loved this story, but it wasn't enough for me to just love the whole film. Warner and, Brothers paid for prostitutes yes. in the making of this film. It's insane. I would give this movie, uh, I would give this movie a four. <laughs> okay. And I would not recommend anybody go watch this. You wouldn't even I'm rec- just kidding. If you like Westerns, you've probably already seen this movie. That's a good point. Yes. You know, but uh, if you like Westerns, you'll like this movie. You will like this movie. If you hate Westerns, you're going to still hate this movie. Yeah, I'm with point. Chris. I think that's right. I think that's. I mean, right. I, I I don't know. It doesn't sell me on on westerns, but but see, I can take. But I, as much as you hate the western, was it worth it to watch the story? Because you said you liked the story. I I did like the story, but I wish <laughs> he's I, saying no, no. Wow. See, to me, I, I learned so much from watching these guys act. I felt like this was one of the best acting. I pieced the story together really after, I mean, like I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I gathered what was going on, but like the complexity of it doesn't draw you in, in the moment. It's too slow for that. Yeah. Well, the choppiness is distracting. And and then when it is fast paced, it's like, it's, it's in your face. But I see, I can, I can like country music. I don't like country music, Yeah. yeah I like but I can music. respect country music on, what a good country song yeah. is. So I can say that exactly. this is a decent Western. I like it more than I rated it higher because of the change that it, that it made in Westerns. And I can respect that it's a decent Western, but Western movies are garbage. Yeah. Most okay. of those would be twos on my list. Okay. Okay. Well, then that's good. Wow, that's really, really <laughs> so good. I can't wait till we do another one. <laughs> I don't have, I don't think I have, I, don't, I have one other Western I'd probably throw on here, but I, it would be now that I know that that I doubt I will. <laughs> well, I want, I don't ha- I don't have to do it for the podcast, but if if we're gonna never watch it, I, I mean I want to I want to personally watch a spaghetti Western someday. Okay, well we can do it for the podcast. even if we don't do one for the podcast. Why would we not do it for the podcast? You got to watch it anyway. Yeah, it just I, sounds like it makes. I just sense want to experience do it. one. I okay. think my favorite Western is the Cowboy in Inner Space. <laughs> the worst person of all. Uh, okay, I think that pretty much covers it. Clearly, as a group, we do not recommend it unless you like westerns. Then we recommend it. Uh, I personally think, hey, if you're a if you're a, if you're a guy, you're 19 or older, and you love, uh, and if you love westerns for sure, but if you if you want a really cool movie, I would recommend it. But with the guys, they're saying if you don't like westerns at all, you're not going to like this, which makes sense. If you don't like westerns, no, I don't know. Westerns. If you if you hate westerns, the traditional what I would think is a traditional western, like traditional, where like like I said, like the good guy doesn't get a stitch of dirt on his yeah. chaps. If if that's what you think a western is, watch this. Give it a shot because it is a completely different kind of western. Listen, I'm just going to lay it out as simply as possible. 
if you don't like old movies, just don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's not black and white. It's though. just an old movie. It's an old movie. <laughs> an old movie stuck. <laughs> well, there goes Gone with the Wind and yeah, Sound okay. of Music. Yeah. And I, I think we all have our, our year that we probably wouldn't go. Mine is the, honestly, mine's the silent pictures. And even then, there's a couple I've watched that I've enjoyed those. And so I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can handle uh, Yes. We are in trouble, Chris. Yeah. So I don't, Let's I'm not going to bring that those. script. Yeah, we're not going to watch that. So. All of it was ad libbed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Okay, so that's that. You know, that's that's our that's our podcast tonight. The only thing we want to tell you is next time, our goal is to pick one movie. You know, if you listen to our intro, we have a character on there that is named Ash, and that's where I get my name. That's what I use as Ash, and so it comes from a movie called Army of Darkness. And so, honest to goodness, these guys are gonna. Well, Chris is gonna hate this movie. I don't know how. No, it's is it an older movie? It is not an older movie. It came out in the nineties. And so it's not crazy. Does it take crazy place old. west of the Mississippi? It. <laughs> <laughs> so Listen, anyway. my, my ADHD is so bad right now. I was like, oh, this is Christmas morning. I get to find out what the movie is. <laughs> 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 we just talked about it before we started. <laughs> yeah, we talked about it. I was like, oh, I wonder what he's going to pick. And nope. then I was like, oh, yeah, I already know. Army of Darkness. <laughs> so it's Army of Darkness. So if you're uh, if you're interested in watching it beforehand, that is fine. Yeah. I think I'm not sure if it. I think it's R. I'm not 100 positive, but I saw. This, oh, I'm fairly certain. I saw is. this as a, uh, and, and we got to find the right cut. There's like three different versions of this. For movie. real? Yes. Yeah, so Let's find yeah. the free one. Whatever the free one is, yeah. So <laughs> we'll find that and everything. But uh, but yeah, Army of Darkness. We're gonna be watching that. Uh, uh, it's up to you if you want to watch it or not. Um, we will totally dissect that movie. Is I am this sure we're the, gonna be making fun of this. The clip in our intro. Comes it is. From, yeah. yeah. Uh, was the shotgun clip? What is it? No, oh yeah, my no, boomstick. My boomstick. Yeah, boom that's, stick, that's, yeah. That's, this is Ash yeah. from uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, Evil Dead One Two. So, so now uh, that's uh, 92. 92. Any yeah. last things to say, Chris? No. Set my piece. <laughs> yes, anything last to say, brother? Thank you for listening. Yeah, I, we, we know this went forever. Um, I'm so sorry. I wish my guys left uh, Westerns. We're going to get a lot of this in post. That's <laughs> 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 what you would see. So. Anyway, this is uh, Ash, Chris, and Brody for the Real Roundtable. Thank you. Have a good day.